0: Starfield Lorecast. this is your host Tom or robots and I am back with my good buddy Dave Chaffins, and this is the show bringing you all of the latest news all of the lore as it becomes available for the Starfield we're just gonna call it the Starfield because that makes it sound more official Dave how you doing buddy I'm doing
1: well. I am excited for the Starfield uh, to give us more of the lore uh, so that we can do the podcast. Yeah, me too, buddy. And it's been way too long with
0: some recent reveals, some artwork that has been released. And then especially with this whole like celebration of Skyrim, 10 years of Skyrim and some Todd Howard interviews, it was time for us to... I guess relaunch the show it's been a while we haven't really done a Starfield lore cast in a
1: while so what do you think you think it's time I think it's time it has been since I believe March yes or late April yes. um or early April uh, that we've done it I think it's time um I want I want us to get uh, i i i talked to you about this today and i want this to kind of be like a state of starfield so i'm gonna elect you as president robots and president robots um you're gonna lead us i'm gonna be the um the the uh um i was about to say vice president robots but i also kind of want to make it more fun (laughs) and so i'm gonna be like commander robots oh Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna
0: take this all the way to space. I'm pretty excited about all it. Right. Commander, commander, and vice president, Rob, robots. R- yeah, ribbons. double rolled,
1: double rolled. Uh, they gotta gotta do two rolls with a limited
0: groove, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. So this episode is all about the latest news that has come out for Starfield, and good old good old Mister Howard has has revealed some stuff. There was a IAMA on Reddit, and then there was also a, an interview with IGN, and. Uh, he uh, he got some really good questions and well, what are you laughing at? What?
1: Uh, I, am a, I am a, I am I thought you said enema and that no, is not, in, not that is inima. not what you said.
0: No, he did not have a uh, internet enema, although they tried to give him one and he, he dodged some of those questions. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, woo baby, woo baby. Woo baby. Um, he's, he's good at dodging those questions, uh, but we got some, we got some information here. So, um, and I, for those of you who have listened to the previous episodes of this podcast, you knew that when we launched this show, we were a good, two years out still from the release of the game. So those were some wild and wacky times where we were joking around with some very little information. But as we get closer and closer to the launch of the game, which is just a year out now, and we're getting some actual facts, not star facts,
1: (laughs) not star facts. These are real facts, my friends,
0: real facts real facts, actual images, actual footage, actual information from Mr. Todd Howard, then this show is going to become more and more serious. So strap in, strap into your seat as we actually launch into the stratosphere, because this is some real, real stuff. So for our first article for the day, we have an article, and and this information is widely available in multiple sources. These are just some of the articles that I pulled up in order to discuss and we're going to quote from specific sources here. So we have NME.com who and I'm going to pull these up on screen for those of you watching on the live stream or looking on the YouTube videos. This is an article that says Starfield will have full mod support and let players choose their pronouns. And that's just the title of the article. But this article goes into a few of the questions that people had about their experiences in Starfield. And first of all, full mod support, Dave. Mr. Todd Howard was talking about this I, I'm, I'm being very formal here the starfield Mr. Todd Howard because Mr. I, Todd Howard I Esquire I'm, I think I'm very excited about this this game is uh, so I've been playing I've been playing fall or I'm sorry I've been playing Skyrim anniversary edition and it's just mm-hmm. it's letting me Getting back into that world has helped me to realize how seriously they take their games because this game still holds up after 10 years. And the fact that they've taken, it's going to be seven years now, I think, since they started on Starfield and they they take these games seriously. They know how much the mod community has led to the success of these games. So Starfield launching with full mod support is absolutely huge because this game is going to be huge, but people adding more and more into this game right from the beginning and the, the fact that they're going to support that right out of the gate. What do you think?
1: I think that's great. I, I was talking about, I was talking about Skyrim this week and uh, relation to the fact that it is a timeless game. Um, I, I, was, I was saying that I put it in the same league. It's like a super Metroid, a Mario 64 or a resident evil four. Um, they are in the business of making timeless games the mainline series that they're working on you know they do a lot of pro- like they you know maybe fallout shelter isn't exactly a 100 percent timeless game um sure. you know fallout sure. 76 may not be a timeless game but if you go back and look through their mainline catalog all of those games are timeless because of the accessibility that mods give um it makes it so that Skyrim can have a 10-year anniversary, it can get re-released, and everybody's playing it again, just because it's the popularity and accessibility of it Mm -hmm. make it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, I I mean, I jumped back in, and one of the first things I did after jumping back into the game was checking out some of the new creation club stuff which was mm-hmm. co-created by modders the second thing i did after ending my stream was load it back up later that night and increase the quality of the textures and the weather effects which were created by modders because i was like well what else can i do with it still so he uh, there's a quote from todd howard here that says Our plan is to have full mod support like the previous games. Our modding community has been with us for over 20 years. We love what they do and hope to see more make a career out of it. And that's the other piece of this article is that they've gone on to hire people from the modding community. This is one of their ways of vetting and finding good programmers, good devs and bringing Mm -hmm. them on board because people who love these games enough to spend their free time working on them and creating awesome mods, are clearly going to be good developers to bring into the team.
1: And one thing that it's, it's important to point out is this is on the new creation engine. So it's been revamped. It's like creation engine 2.0. Um, I think the most advancements they've said since like the jump from, um, like more to, um, to oblivion, yeah. it's kind of in that, in that same ballpark. Um, and getting that in the hands of people to see what they do with it, uh, it, that's going to be really crazy um we even saw this year um one of my top 5 games of the year forgotten city um started as a mod for skyrim that was like one of the, it won awards just as a mod for skyrim and then the guy said okay i'm going to take a small team in australia and make it into my own game like yeah on that on the on that level for like a a game that is set in a nordic like kind of a high fantasy world to take that and say okay new creation engine and it's in space like the limit of what people could do i think is is, is beyond what most people expect right so the
0: other thing that this article addresses is a comment from todd howard about cre- creating their characters and the diversity and the complexity of the character creation and in both the elder scrolls games and in fallout there's always been some Complexity around your character creation now modders have always added to that They've increased the, the different races and the of course all the different hairstyles and of course you can always make an anime character or even Even more ridiculous things and you know human proportions that go absolutely insane Of course, they've stayed with more realistic proportions and those kinds of things, but his quote here in the article says Really excited about what the team has done with the character creation here including choosing background skills, etc. You can pick your pronoun he she they and we've recorded all the relevant dialogue to support that choice so you know you not only have this addresses a few things background skills background meaning and and i believe that this is kind of in line with something like um you know are you a spacer are you an earther are you i, I have a feeling that that's what we're going to see here and there were there was some dialogue around um actually there was a leak that came out with this idea that maybe you your character origin is based around one of so many different planets in the system, and that you can actually have a different start to the game potentially based on the planet you start with. Now that was, that was a potential leak, so take that with a grain mm. of salt, but that may also affect how you start out the game. So maybe that has something to do with that, but then also the pronouns and how your character is addressed and all the, all the relevant dialogue, and the fact that there's he, she, and they, that now adds 50% more dialogue options for not just he and she into this, this game, which addresses something that I'm sure a certain percentage of, of the audience has never had before.
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the big one of the big criticisms with um, Fallout 4 was kind of the beginning, like your beginning character is kind of shoehorned a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if you were going to play like um, a, a character like you had in Fallout 3 or New Vegas or in, you know, the the, the prisoners in Skyrim and, and Oblivion Morrowind, um, those you kind of had to use your imagination to be like, oh, before they were a prisoner, they, you know, maybe they went around and collected shrubs and displayed them on a shelf, like, right, you know, right. you, you like made something up in your head for it with this. I think it's, it's a really, it's a really interesting idea to say, okay, this character that I'm making has a background. Like I, I am choosing that this is what happened to the character beforehand. Like if you're sitting down to play, you know, if you, if let's say you're playing a tabletop game, when you introduce your character, you're going to say a little bit of their background. Cause they've done something, you know, they're not like an, a newborn baby. Like they've done some stuff before, um, coming on the scene. And I feel like that that is, is key to an RPG, is having an idea of like, this is my character as it stands and how can I evolve it from here? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's
0: what that article mostly addressed. Um, we have, now let's move on to the second article here. We have another article. This one's from Games Radar, and this says, pull it up on screen, Starfield gameplay debut likely coming in summer 2020. Uh, Todd Howard teases. He says here we're happy with the advancements we've been able to make and most people think that this is uh, a nod to e3 summer of 2022 traditionally they they meaning bethesda reveal games they have a big reveal at e3 they have their own stage time at e3 now now that they're tied with Microsoft, this might be part of a an even larger Microsoft presentation where we're going to see Todd, potentially Pete Hines, you know, those two typically manage these, right? They get up on stage, they talk a little bit about the story of creating the game, what things you're going to expect, then we get to see more gameplay, and then they go into some details, and I think that maybe what we get. Now, think about this, Dave. E3, if it happens this year, which it might be digital again, but if it happens in person, it is November right now. E3 typically happens in June. That is eight months away. Only eight months
1: it's not that bad. And I like, I like the idea of them. Oftentimes games get shown off too soon, too early. It's fine to have some teasers for a thing, you know, but to show a game and then say, okay, we're showing it in June. It's going to be out in November. Um, that kind of cycle I like. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty, it's getting closer. It feels like the thing that's, you know, it's always just kind of been up there in the stars and we're finally, gonna see it gonna see it be played i think that's what that's what sold people on um on, on fallout four was there because that's when they started doing the big um, E3 stuff with Bethesda, um, showing off the game, like that first area where he comes out into the, uh, into the village there and kind of walking through dialogue. And it's like, now we're going to go over here and do this thing. Like seeing those mechanics at play, because that's what Bethesda is known for is their systems and how they interact with each other. And I think seeing that happen live, it's like, It's like watching a chemistry experience, a chemistry experiment that you don't know the outcome of, like, it it, it feels that way at least. Right. right. So his quote
0: here in this article is, um, we prefer to just show it, which should be next summer. Todd Howard says, and this is uh, in response to a question of, do we have any hot gameplay details to to share? He says, we're happy with the advancements we've been able to make, which are um, some you can see in the trailer. Uh, shot in game so the trailer which was previously re- released and has been all over the internet for a while now so pretty simple response but I think that confirms that they're s- they're sticking to that
1: to that date to that schedule and
0: that that's just what they're gonna go with
1: we originally I think speculated that it would be out this year at essentially this time um and mm-hmm. I think that they understand like with new IP of, of how it works. Like new IP is very important in, in the video game industry. And that's really where you make your money is by investing. You're creating a pro like, look how big fallout as a product is. Like you see vault boy, plus something like people know that stuff. Same thing for, for elder scrolls. It, it's like Skyrim people more likely call the elder scrolls games Skyrim just because of the popularity of the product that they made, like right, right. The, the property itself and how you're going to launch it. Like you have to make and i think they're going to do, going to do this make Starfield in line with star wars star trek where it is a, a giant property and i think the extra time will help them kind of get together and and, and figure that stuff out yeah you got you got some
0: dogs who want to chime in on this too they're so excited i do <laughs> i do mm-hmm. um so the other news here the uh next article we have um And I'll bring this up on screen, too. We have uh, Todd Howard making Starfield was now or never, even if Elder Scrolls six had to wait. And this was uh, in response to a question about like Starfield. Why Starfield? Why? When there's so much hype around Skyrim, they've typically gone with, at least for the last while now, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Fallout. They've kind of had that cadence, right? And with Skyrim being so successful and the Fallout franchise being so successful, why take a break on that cadence and go with that now? And the IGN interviewer basically said, at this rate, it will have been roughly 15 years by the time we get to the next Elder Scrolls mainline sequel. Does that seem like a good idea? Was the question. Does that seem like and, and Todd Todd responded? He said, actually, that's a that's a really good question. It's a really good way to phrase the question. And and he said he said, you know, Starfield was a game and a concept. That they had been kicking around the studio for a while and they realized that this was a now or never game that they if they were going to take the time to do something like this that they just needed to go ahead and do it and either it was going to happen now or it just was never going to happen and for them it was it's a dream project so
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree. I think, and I think Todd Howard really wants to do this because this is the first, like if you really think about it, this is the first like full property that he has come up with like fallout. He didn't come up with, mm -hmm. and he didn't come up with Elder Scrolls. He built those universes and made them popular like they are today. But as far as like him and his team, This is their their big shot of making their world.
0: Yeah, yeah. He started um, Elder Scrolls on the Red Guard game right before Mm -hmm. Morrowind, which was a hot mess and then pulled it back to the mainline Elder Scrolls and started with Morrowind, which is a lot of people's favorites, and then Mm -hmm. continued the series from there. He has a quote here that says, would you plan to have the kind of gap uh, we are? I'm sorry, let me start this over. Would you plan to have the kind of gap we're having between Skyrim and the follow up I can't say that's a good thing, Howard says, but I do wish I could have a wand and the game we wanted to make just came out, absolutely. And he he uh, kind of reiterated this a few times. He kind of said, you know, if I could just magic out these games, if I could just, with a wave of my hand, give you guys the next Elder Scrolls game and just release it as soon as it was ready and just get it out into the world and just magic out, Fallout five and get it out into the world. Absolutely, I would do that. And he even made a joke about like his son. I guess it was like uh, some holiday last year. Gave him a card, and at the bottom of the card, he said, "By the way, what's taking Elder Scrolls so long?" <laughs> On the card, you know, like he he's a fan of these games too, and you know, like people at his family are fans of these games, and and if he could get them out faster, he would. But at the same time, he knows what it takes to do these right. And he also knows that it takes the entire studio and the talents of the studio, and and I think that one of the one of the unspoken things about this is that you can't just take the talents of the people and the experience of the people in those studios, the studios that work on these games, and just duplicate it by hiring more people. I think they probably have the money to do that. Let's say there's one hundred and twenty people working on Starfield. I'm just pulling a number out of my head. Yeah. But, but if you were to just go hundred higher, 120 more people, and say, you guys are gonna work on Fallout 5 while this studio finishes up Starfield and starts working on the Elder Scrolls Six, in order to make sure that Fallout 5 and Elder Scrolls Six come out roughly at the same time so we don't have to wait. That doesn't mean that we're gonna get the quality of the game that we would have wanted because those people the new people you hire don't have the history they don't have the pedigree they don't have the the same talent as the group that's been working on these games for all these years right
1: and, that, and that's the thing. Every single game that Bethesda releases, they are riffing off of their systems. So, like, the jump from Fallout, like, outside of Fallout New Vegas, which Bethesda didn't work on other than, you know, providing the assets or whatever. Yeah. Um, from Fallout 3 to Fallout 4, like, there is such a jump with the, the addition of perks, with the addition of the, like, they are like, okay, well, how do we modernize, you know, the systems from Fallout 3 and add on to that so that we can make our own settlements with our own villages and have like you can be a raider boss and own like there is like so many systems that play and at work and then you know we go to Fallout 76 and say okay how do we take these existing systems and put them in an online format it's like yeah. they are thinking they're not thinking about we need to make Fallout 5 or we need to make Elder Scrolls 6 they're they're saying okay we want to continue to do these like crazy ways that and that's what Todd Howard and his team are known for is making systems within games. So making it's like, how do we, yeah, yeah, how do we jump forward with that? So you're going to see Starfield and it's going to have a bunch of crazy, like uh, you can speculate, you can read some of the leaks, like could be gravity at play in, in some form or fashion. Like yeah. Yeah. you, you can see that stuff happening. And I don't think. I don't think that you're going to get the same the same level of, of of timelessness in their games if you're doing too many things at once because then it all just kind of feels like the same old soup, a la um, right. Assassin's Creed.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what what if we got the like Call of Duty the, or the Assassin's Creed recipe on these games? Like, what if we spent the last ten years and we got like. Uh, Skyrim 2 and Skyrim 3 and Skyrim 4 and Skyrim 5 what if we were up to like Skyrim 6 or something by this point and they just kind of farmed out all of these people to just make sequels to the sequel which some game studios do I mean we've had like we've had Final Fantasy X2 you know <laughs> like like those, right those things right. happen like this this is a real thing like we would be so burned out on the freaking series. We'd be like, "Okay, well you just gave us a bunch of new locations, a bunch of new characters, but there's uh, these are just the same games. We got a little bit of a graphics update, we got a little few more a few more little quests to do, but we don't we're not actually making big jumps in the gameplay. We're not making big jumps in the world. Like what their studio is trying to do are make these big gameplay jumps they're trying to like like he talked about it he wants the ai in the games to be more real he wants the worlds to feel more real. He wants he wants you to be more and more immersed. And there was a question that showed up in this interview. The the interviewer asked, and I, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. Asked, um, on, on the new consoles, because you can change like performance mode where it's like a little bit lesser graphics, but sixty frames per second, or all the graphics and thirty frames per second, and he said, Todd, what what would you play? What would you play uh, Elder Scrolls at the next Elder Scrolls game? And Todd was like, you know, when it comes to Elder Scrolls games, I prefer to be immersed in the world. So I would put all the graphics up and play at 30 frames because 30 frames still feels pretty good. But when it comes to like a driving game like Forza, I want all the frames and I'm okay with a little bit reduced graphics because I want I want the you know, I want the reaction time for a Forza game. Um, Right. But for Elder Scrolls, and he made that point for Elder Scrolls, I want to be immersed in the world. And then he talked about it when it came to the development of the games. When it comes to developing the games, the first thing they work on is the soundtrack, because the music of the game sets the tone for the entire game. And you think about it. The first thing you hear when you load up Skyrim or Oblivion or Morrowind is that soundtrack, the sound of the music, the sound of the world. Can you do you remember the first time you loaded up Skyrim, Dave? And you heard yeah, I that, do. that I theme do. song and the the chanting and the like, like that it, it kind of gives you chills a little bit. You're like, it oh. does. Or, or Fallout, when you hear the Fallout theme, like, there's a reason that stuff comes first. And, and and if you're not immersing yourself into into these games, and they're they're doing something different significantly from the previous game in the series, then what are we doing why are we even creating and, and that's that's the philosophy with this
1: yeah i i think you're right i think if i'm like really pulling it out there like after they release this game and it's ex, let's say it's as successful as fallout 4 which is a, was a wild success mm-hmm. like you know universe outside of like all review scores maybe it wasn't a 10 out of 10 it was a 9 out of 10 but like the staying power of that of that game is is very big um yeah I think they're going to be compelled to get to getting back to working in the Starfield universe. I feel like that it that might mm-hmm. be something they would push for because it is a like. Bethesda's own like Bethesda created, they didn't they didn't just like buy the property, the people are like it is a part of their their legacy that's really core to them. So I I and it's like throwing in Elder Scrolls 6, Fallout 5, oh and Starfield 2, like I feel like that Starfield yeah. 2 it, it's crazy that we're even talking about this mm-hmm. is probably they're going to want to do it within at least 10 years of releasing. Mm-hmm. Starfield one. Do you so. think maybe the DLC
0: will carry them through though? Do you think maybe the universe will be so big and interesting that they'll be able to just add other planets, other content? Maybe, maybe this is the kind of game where they can just keep like the tech will be so good that they won't need a bigger jump that they can <laughs> maybe just keep on adding on to it so that exploration can continue to build out, especially with the mod base, the creation club content. That this might be a 20-year game
1: i wish i mean that would be that would be really great the the dlc that they do for for all of their games is fantastic and i mean what, what imagine like okay so imagine if like oh with the 10-year anniversary of skyrim we're adding in dlc and uh you're gonna go to the home of the orcs which is like the nation beside skyrim yeah. and you're gonna have like and it's in the skyrim engine or whatever it's just like adding on like that kind of like an almost like an expansion, like you're playing World of Warcraft. Like right. maybe maybe that's like maybe that's e- the wrong thing. What ESO does, where they add in yeah. a new zone. Yeah. Like think about how great that would be. And especially with a service like Games Pass, which is coming to, right. I mean, if you are saying it's like, okay, you can have the base Starfield experience and you can have, you know, let me tell you, every two years we're gonna be there's going to be like a new solar system or i you know i don't know i don't know what the unit of measurement is if we're talking about solar systems (laughs) i mean (laughs) there's a field of stars that's what that's all we know at this point but i think that that's i think that that would be a really good idea Um, i would love to see that yeah
0: and and that's a different thing than releasing a full sequel on a two-year cycle because it's not hyped to the level of a sequel where you expect it to be a big full release this is more of a this is a dlc size thing where Mm -hmm. all you expect it to be is a new location to explore a little bit more story content for the game and a reason to kind of jump back in you know that's different than something like you know assassin's creed new location and new story and new main character and new all of these things right because you expect that to be a brand new experience rather than just something to add into the thing you already love. I think that those are two and, and I, I can imagine people now going, didn't you guys just kind of, you know, take a dump on that idea? But those are those are those are two different ideas at two different levels of expectation.
1: Right. Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. So we have one more article here, Dave. You want to you want to cover this one? You brought this one to the table.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see here. I'm, I'm gonna get it right here. Yeah. Uh, so Bethesda um, recently they had their their tenth anniversary Skyrim event, uh, and they did a uh, special concert um, featuring the music of um, the composer of Skyrim, Anon Zur, and um, he's a very famous composer. Uh, he's done uh, games like Fallout seventy six, um, Outriders, uh, Dragon's Dogma, Dragon Age two. Um, a bunch of games from them, Bethesda games. Um, But during the concert, he was like, okay, we're going to leave the, uh, Leave the world of the snowy mountains of Skyrim and go to the stars. And then he started playing the the Starfield Suite, uh, which was a, um, a an orchestral arrangement. I think with the main theme. I, I think that's what we're getting. We're hearing. If you're if you're a music nerd like me, you kind of hear this like kind of <laughs> spread throughout spread throughout all their trailers. Um, and you're you're kind of like, okay, that must be like the the uh, you know like in Fallout where it's theme. like. Dun, dun. Right, the, the main theme yeah. melody. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're kind of feeling the, um, the the, the, main, the main line of that. Um, and that's spread throughout, but during that time, there's actually been, uh, some, some screenshots that they p- posted while, um, the band was playing over to get you more in the mood. Mm-hmm. So there's like 11 different, uh, not screenshots, uh, concept art, uh, that they've thrown in here. Um, which I think is, really telling of the mood of the game. Um, generally Bethesda concept art is pretty, like if you look at some of the Fallout 76 concept art compared to the real game, like it's not like it's, it's pretty similar, um, to to what you're going to find. Yeah, yeah. I am just the feel of these screenshots. I am really compelled by how do you feel about it? Yeah. And I
0: get a lot of inspiration. Like I, I can I think I can tell a lot of the inspiration that they're pulling from, from these. And some of these we've seen before, like some of this isn't necessarily new, but there's, Mm -hmm. there's obviously, there's some star Wars here. There's like this one on the screen right now is like a crowded marketplace in a very busy, um, kind of cyberpunk looking district. Yep. Yeah. There's a little bit of cyberpunk in this. There's a little bit of firefly, you know, serenity in this with Mm -hmm. the way the starships look, um, this image here of uh, you know, the uh, the robot trying to fix the it looks like some sort of junker hauler that's got some, uh, you know, steam or it's not. Maybe that's even just smoke coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a sunset or a, a morning on a, on a planet. A lot of
1: the a lot of the environments remind me of this graphic novel from Image called um, Black Science that was like a a sci fi comic where they were going to these like the planets and the planets were like insane, like Mm -hmm. there's the environment of like, we are on a planet that is totally alien. It doesn't look like anything that we've seen before. None of these creatures or plants look familiar to us at all. And I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah, and then some of the th- some of the areas are very human. They're very normal. Like this this scene here in a hangar bay could be from The Expanse. You've got yeah. you've got hangers and, you know, freight m- moving around and it looks like just the kind of area that human beings would work in. You know, very very common kind of things. A cityscape that looks again mm-hmm. very very human. Like like buildings stacked up to the sky and lights in rows, you know, very geometric patterns. And then you have areas like this one where you have what looks like a crashed ship in uh, I don't know, almost a post-apocalyptic landscape with what appear to be the skeletal remains of other ships or creatures maybe and the the drippy I don't know uh, what used to be trees or marshy right. there's landscape. A, there's a
1: history yeah. like this is, it is yeah. lived in.
0: Yeah. Lived in worlds where, and multiple different kinds of lived in worlds. And and I think that's part of what's so exciting about this game, Dave, is that in a game like Skyrim, we have mostly one, one section of a map with a few different biomes, right? It's all kind of snowy north. And then you've got like the really snowy area or the less snowy area with some bogs and, the, or, you know, like the, a little bit more you know, wooded snowy area. You know like Right. Right. This is like completely different environments for different planets and different sections on planets or different cities. This and and if the rumors true that each of these planets themselves are the size of Skyrim. This game is going to be gigantic. We are going to have a very daunting job in deciphering all of the lore. This this podcast
1: could take us twenty years. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's at the level of detail that, that Bethesda is is consistent with, and it is uh, what they say it is, I mean this is like this is a universe this is a universe that they're building this is a universe i think that they are looking they're not trying to be like starfield is not trying to be the next great video game because it probably will be um they're trying to beat out star wars they're trying to beat out Star. like these are the people they're competing with like they're competing with lord of the rings like they're like elder scrolls is doing the same thing they're out there you know, Elder Scrolls, they have the card game, they have all the different stuff. Like they're being like, okay, we're going to this mindset. Like we're building this like gigantic universe that you're just going to be a part of. It's going to be a part of like the culture. Like you're going to have stuff surrounded in in starfield and you can be a starfield fan and that could mean that you like you know this is our first game but you know they could iterate off of it they could do side projects based off of it i mean you could heck the elder scrolls has like legitimate books that you can go and read about it like that's to me these screenshots tell me this is the mindset that they're going for yeah yeah so it's super exciting um, but that's what we got for
0: today, guys. This is this is all the latest news. We wanted to get this out there for you so that you can be as excited as we are. Be ready because Dave and I will be back with more semi-regular episodes from this point mm-hmm. on. When there are some news drops, we will be getting together and giving you the news. Um, you might get some episodes with just Dave or just myself. If we've got some quick little interesting tidbits to just record and drop for you on this feed. And then as we get to maybe... E3, we might start doing some regular weekly episodes as we get some, like, regular info for you guys regular
1: content yeah Yeah. I want to break down I want to break down the trailers um that that I mean I want to go back to even the first teaser kind of break that down I want to break down the E3 trailer that we saw this year Mm -hmm. and then the videos Um, there's a monthly newsletter I forgot what the website is you can go and sign up for and get some updates Um, but they have been putting out these little teaser videos of different planets different locations different stuff and uh we're going to get to those we're going to talk about them um and it's going to be great um it's going to be fun to to kind of look at the look at the universe that they're building and um you know maybe do a little bit of theorizing on on what this could <laughs> be on what things could be and what we hope to see yeah yeah it's gonna be fun also one last thing i did i did jump into the
0: uesp uh podcast they were doing last night and um they were celebrating skyrim's 10 years but they did mention that they have ready to go whenever they start getting information a starfield wiki site Uh, I don't know what it's going to be called, but anyone who's familiar with the UESP is the biggest, most accurate wiki site for the Elder Scrolls stuff. So to have those guys handling all the Starfield stuff is going to be exciting as well because they do such a good job with it. So I'm sure we'll be digging through those archives as well to help bring you some information. So awesome. Dave, thanks for being here. You have anything else you want to share or ways people can get a hold of you before we go?
1: Uh, You can reach me at Twitter at Dave Chaffins um, and pretty much anywhere else at Dave. Chafins I'm pretty excited for Starfield and I'm excited to be doing the show and continue bringing you the stuff um me and Tom do other shows as well on the network robots radio network I'm stealing your line now uh if you want to check out all the lore cast stuff Tom has a number of different lore cast shows that you can watch including this one maybe you're into elder scrolls maybe you're in the fallout maybe you're into I don't know like cyberpunk like mass effect who knows he's got them all and and they're fantastic yeah yeah and uh this video the video
0: version of this, if you didn't catch it live on Twitch.com, Twitch TV. What, What? I don't know where we are. Twitch.com.tv. Twitch.tv slash robots radio. If you want to check out all the images that we pulled up on screen, you can go watch this video. It will be up on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. Uh, Maybe at some point we're gonna move all this stuff over to its own Starfield Lorecast YouTube channel, which I haven't set up yet. But for right now, this will be on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. You can check out all the images that we have with the video. Um, But I also stream live in the mornings on the Robots Radio YouTube channel, so you can come hang out with me and ask questions about this stuff. Feel free Mm. to to do that. And I think that's it. Otherwise, come hang out with us. If you have any questions about Starfield, also another wonderful place you can do that is on the Robots Radio Discord. Dave and I are both on there. And jump on in.
1: I look in our channel and I look at the Fallout Hub, which is another show that we do in the Starfield channel, and I answer all the, anybody has a question for me, Mm -hmm. I answer it.
0: guaranteed yes so tell us what you're most excited about for starfield Mm -hmm. and what you think about all the latest news we'd love to hear your thoughts all right everyone we'll see you next time hopefully within the next few weeks we'll have another episode out and we'll see you around all right stay safe out there in the universe and until next time i don't know play some of that music check it out see if you like it i bet you will see you guys later
1: listening to the podcast we hope that you enjoyed this show did you know that parodies are copyright protected tell a friend and review on itunes or other services dave and tom excited for starfield let's all speculate and wear no shoes hey Why aren't we wearing any shoes? Because shoes rhymes with iTunes and that's the best I could think of.